Welcome to Dinner and a Movie. I'm Danae, and with me, as usual, is my lovely host, Drew. Drew, what movie are we doing this week? Today we're doing a movie called Saving Private Ryan. It's about a man who's in... No, 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 no. This was last week. North Country is this week. Introduce this movie. This week we're watching a movie called North Country, and it's about, um... What's it about? This is the single mom who wants to be a minor. A minor? What does this have to do about underage drinking? No, 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 no. Coal, steel, underground, minors. Oh! All right, I'm going in. Tell Mama if I get the black lung, I won't be home for Christmas. Okay, um, well, the dessert we're going to be doing is called Miner's Dirt. All right, guys, here's our ingredients for our dessert today. We have our ever-lovely Oreos and our pudding. It's pretty simple. You just crush the Oreos and mix it with the pudding and layer it. Okay, I said it's pretty easy. I think I'm going to need... Drew's help. Drew! Drew! Well, you guys just enjoy the clip. The service elevator is broke. Catch you with another man. That way, he laid hands on you. You're really asking me that? This wasn't the first time you disappointed your father, was it? Wasn't the first time you disappointed me either. How old were you when you had your first child? Bobby shirt. 
Come on, you want to blow out of here? Who is Sammy's father? I don't know who Sammy's father is. Is that because you've had so many sexual partners? Charlize Theron plays uh, Josie Ames in this movie, and uh, that's the beginning. It doesn't get a whole lot better than that for Josie. Lots of bad stuff happened in her life, and it comes out in the trial that uh, she was raped, and that certainly was not her fault, but how did her dad respond to her? And that's, that's how she got pregnant. She just was so ashamed she would never tell anybody about it. How did dad respond to the news that she was pregnant? He rejects her. Yeah, and I think that was really the key to a series of bad choices after bad choices for this uh, young lady. Because when she really needed her dad the most, and, and in fact, later in the movie, the mom actually says, because he says, she's brought nothing but shame to this family. And the mom says, she had a baby. She didn't rob a bank. And, you know, I, I got so mad watching this movie. Because the way men treated women, because the way this dad treated his daughter, he never stood up for, for her. I, I wanted to drag the dad out in the backyard and beat the dog out of him because he would not stand. I was mad because I thought, we have, we've got to do a better job of, of protecting people, especially when they're in our own family. Mom, mom did pretty good. Um, but, but if you go back to this moment, and this is where it comes, you know, this is five or six minutes into the movie. Go back to this moment. You can see that, that this starts her on a process of making bad choices. She starts hanging out in places she shouldn't be hanging out. She starts developing friendships with people that are not um, looking out for her interests. They're trying to drag her down. And is that ever a recipe for success in your life? No, no. And um, lots of people treated her like garbage. And eventually the whole movie is based on a true story where she gets hired on at the iron mine in, in Minnesota and, and uh, starts a class action lawsuit against the, the mine because the men it, really there's, there's not a whole lot of redeeming value in this, in this movie because it, it portrays men as jerks and, and uh, the way they treated her, all of these men should be whipped. Um, so they all treated her like garbage. She got used to being treated like garbage. Now, I, I need to do a little bit of crowd participation here today. Um, I, I want you to raise your hand if you have ever disappointed another person. Let me see. That's most today. <laughs> well, we'll go for lifetime, but, you know, we could we could narrow it down today. Uh, raise your hand if you've ever felt lonely. Most of us, if you've ever been rejected. You might just want to keep them up. How did it feel when you dis disappointed someone, when you were rejected, when you were hurt, when you were lonely? How did it feel? <laughs> I believe the term was crap you just used. Um, so I'm only repeating what I heard from the crowd. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel good, does it? Yeah, you got to be careful here. It does not feel good to be rejected. And... Um, uh, 
If by some chance you're one of those people who hasn't been hurt, hasn't been rejected, hasn't felt lonely, just politely excuse yourself and head on back to the door and go on, because this message isn't for you today. We're just wasting your time. But if you have felt those things, then what we're doing today is very relevant to you, and God has a special message just for you. Now, continuing with our um, talk to the preacher theme here, I want you to... Tell me some some people that in our society we tend to treat like dirt. Okay, wow. Y'all got started quickly. I can't write that fast. Family, somebody said. Criminals. Okay. Some of y'all are talking at the same time. I got four people. Clergy. (laughs) Rich people. Government. Waitresses. Waitress. Band director. Is that what you meant to say, Wes? Band director. Sound men. Yeah, 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 yeah. Golly, this isn't a woe is me. Well, maybe it is. Let's just name whatever your profession is, whatever your deal is. Okay. I didn't expect it to go that way. What? Moms. This is quickly degenerating into that, isn't it? Um, wives, and husbands. wives, husbands, but give me some, give me some others. Prostitutes. Prostitutes. We hear from the kitchen in the back. Drug. Alcohol. We'll just count that in there because I'm tired of writing. What else? Give me some others that we treat like dirt. Celebrities. Hypocrites. Sinners, we'll put that one down there. But I want you to think about some stuff. Let me make it more specific. Who are some folks that churches typically have treated like dirt? Non-Christians. Okay. Non-Christians. There we go. What did you say, Jared? You said folks that don't go to... Hang on, folks that, okay, we'll say folks, different churches. We'll just say it that way. Antichrist. Somebody said something else. I missed it. Gays. Young people, mentally ill, ugly people. We just went to Hurricane Harbor, and every time I go to Hurricane Harbor, I'm convinced there are more ugly people than pretty people in the world. Because um, I say, oh, dear Lord, why, who told her, him, they should wear that? Um, oh, my. Uh, but I want you to think about this. Let's go back a few years. Maybe not so much now. We think about unwed moms. I mean, that's that's in this movie. That's that's one of them that the church treated like bad. You were you were like this, have this stigma. The church supposedly said, um, I think it's just because the church didn't have a clue how Jesus would respond to, to unwed moms. Because when you start reading the Bible and you see how Jesus responded to people. It's, it's way different than, than the way a lot of churches respond to people. Well, we could we could continue this for a long time, but. Here's what I want to do. I want I want to talk about today how we are supposed to respond to these types of people. And you said many more. We just ran out of room. 
We could spend the whole day talking about groups that, that have been treated like dirt by society, by, by our country, by our churches. But how do we respond? Let's, let's get to that point. James 1.27 says this. Real religion, the kind that passes muster before God the Father, is this. Reach out to the homeless and loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from the godless world. I want you to circle some words for me. I think you have them on your listening guide. One is homeless. The next term is loveless. And then the phrase guard against corruption. We talk a lot about we want to be like Jesus. We want to follow Jesus. Well, if you're going to follow Jesus, he's the leader. You do what the leader does when you play follow the leader. If you want to be like Jesus, you got to do these three things. You need to reach out to people that are homeless. Back in February, we um, had the folks from Invisible Children. We talked about the folks in Uganda and, and we took up an offering and our little church raised twelve hundred dollars that day. That's in addition to the offering that we normally give twelve hundred dollars. I thought was pretty good because we took up another offering like a week later and we took up another thousand bucks just for special things that people were hurting, that we were trying to relieve some suffering for folks. That's a good cause. And we got to keep doing that. But that's not all we got to do. Today, I want to focus in on that, that second group, the loveless. Now, guard against corruption. If you look at Jesus' life, he guarded against the things of this world that could corrupt him. But today, I want to look at those people who, who are feeling loveless or unlovely or feeling like they've been treated like dirt. I want, to, I want to talk about that. Now, in the movie, Josie Ames, do you think that she felt unloved? I mean, she would qualify. If we're looking at this, she would qualify as one of those loveless people. Well, in this next uh, in this next clip, I want you to notice how church people treat her. of Christ, the body of Christ, the body of Christ. Kids with two different fathers already. Heck of a shame. Those kids are just gobbling up my crispy bars. Well, nobody makes them better. I don't know what you put in those things, Alice, but it just can't be legal. Oh, yeah. Everybody seems to like them. Probably on the bender when he did it. Whatever. So you take them out to the shed, give them a talking to, they'll work it out. I mean, yeah, that left me a dozen times before we worked out the case. 
You ever uh, been treated like that or felt like people were looking at you when you're in a place and you just feel like uh, folks are looking down at you? doesn't feel good. And the church is the last place that someone should feel that way. A man who works with the down and out in Chicago wrote this. This is a true story. I quote, A prostitute came to me in wretched straits, homeless, sick, unable to buy food for her two-year-old daughter. Through sobs and tears, she told me she had been renting out her daughter two years old, to men interested in kinky sex. She made more renting out her daughter for an hour than she could earn on her own in a night. She had to do it, she said, to support her own drug habit. I could hardly bear hearing her sordid story. For one thing, it made me legally liable. I'm required to report cases of child abuse. I had no idea what to say to this woman. At last, I asked if she had ever thought of going to a church for help. I will never forget the look of pure, naive shock that crossed her face. Church, she cried. Why would I ever go there? I was already feeling terrible about myself. They just make me feel worse. And here's the dilemma that that I have felt for years. Women like this prostitute ran toward Jesus. Not away from him. The worse a person seemed to feel about themselves, the more likely they were to see Jesus as a refuge, as a safe place, as someone who would love and accept them. Evidently, the down and out don't feel that way about those who say they follow Jesus today. They don't feel that way about churches. So people who flock to Jesus when he was here run away from the churches. What does that say about us? I just find that unacceptable. And what we've tried to build here is a church for the underdog. A church for those who who may feel unlovely. A church that um, that reaches out to those who don't like church. That's what we want to build is a church for people who don't like church. Because we think you ought to go and you ought to laugh. We think you ought to have a good time. You ought to hear something that's relevant to your life. You ought to hear all of those things. And so that's what we're spending our life doing. Now, if if God doesn't treat people like dirt. Why shouldn't we treat people like dirt? Well, we, we claim to follow him. So here's the first point on your listening guide. Why are we not going to treat people like dirt? It is unacceptable for folks who are members here to treat folks like dirt. Number one is because people matter to God. People matter to God. John 3.16 says this, and you may have heard this verse before. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God so loved What? The world. Who's that? Everybody. That's you. That's me. That's the people you drove past on the way to church today. I went to Walmart this morning. I thought I'd gotten out of that. That's typically my habit. I always forget something. Caleb said, oh, we're keeping our record intact. Go to Walmart. The the door greeter at Walmart, the the lady that checked us out at Walmart, the folks that, that are in the aisle. All of those people matter to God. The guys who play music too loud in my neighborhood after dark. They keep my children awake. They matter to God. And I just cannot imagine giving my son. Caleb and I have had some of these discussions. 11 years old. I cannot imagine giving my son for you guys. People I know. But God gave his one and only son for people he didn't know. I mean, he knew who they were, but they were enemies, the Bible says. While we were yet enemies, Christ died for us. That just blows my mind. So I want you to think about this. You have never looked into the eyes of a person who does not matter to God. 
That's what this John 3.16 teaches us. That's what Jesus died on the cross teaches us, is that you have never looked into the eyes of someone who does not matter to God. Never. So I want you to think about that. Go back to this list. Is there anybody on this list that does not matter to God? It may not matter to you, but they matter to God. And we cannot claim to be followers of Christ if we don't see value in them like God sees value in them. Teresa Briones is a tender, loving mother. Again, here's I got all true stories to share with you today. Some kids were making fun of Teresa's daughter, Alicia, in the laundromat one day. Now, you got to understand, Alicia is bald. Her knees are arthritic. Her nose is pinched. Her hips are creaky. Her hearing is bad. And she has the stamina of a 70-year-old. She's only 10. Mom, the kids taunted, come look at the monster. Now, Alicia weighs only 22 pounds and is shorter than most preschoolers. I have an 11-year-old. He weighs 74 pounds. We weighed yesterday so that we can make sure the, the life jackets, you know, were in the right range. Caleb weighs 74. Rachel's 9. She weighs 54. And Hannah's 6. She weighs 43. This 10-year-old weighs 22 pounds. She suffers from progeria. This is a genetic aging disease that strikes one child in 8 million The life expectancy of progeria victims is 20 years. And there are only 15 cases in the world. She is not an alien. She is not a monster, Teresa defended. She is just like you and me. Because you see, mentally, Alicia is this fun, bubbly, fun-loving third grader. She has a long list of friends. She watches television in a toddler-sized rocking chair. She plays with Barbie dolls and teases her younger brother. Teresa has grown accustomed to the glances and the questions. Sincere curiosity, she welcomes. Genuine inquiries, she accepts. But insensitive slanders to her daughter, she does not. The mother of the finger-pointing children comes up and says, I see it. My child is not an it, Teresa responded. Then she decked the woman. (laughs) Left hook, right to the mouth. Do you blame her? That's a mother's love. Mothers love their children not because they don't see all of the faults. Moms see them very well, very clearly. But moms also see the value in their kids. And God sees your value. How do I know? John 3.16. How do I know? How many people did Jesus treat like dirt when he walked the, the earth? None. And if God sees their value, if they matter to God, then they better matter to the people who follow him and claim to be Christians. That brings me to the second point. Christians are the light of the world. Christians are the light of the world. Well, what in the world does that mean? Well, Jesus explains it in Matthew 514, which is his sermon on the mount. This is early in the sermon. He says, you're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this as public as a city on a hill. I don't know if you've ever been driving at night and you you are coming up to a city that's on a hill. Is it very well hidden? (laughs) I think you're going to the mountains. I get to go to the mountains in a week or so on vacation. We're going to Red River, New Mexico. You don't hide a city at night that's sitting up on a hill. The lights are everywhere. If it's cloudy, you can see the reflection of the lights off of the clouds. I mean, you, you don't hide that. 
And that's what God is saying. Jesus is saying, we do not hide the fact that we're Christians. We are supposed to be light in darkness. Now, Jesus calls us to be different. And I'm going to say something right now that's pretty wild. But if you're not serving, your light is dim. Now, I'm not giving you permission to call everybody dim bulbs or dim-witted or anything like that. What I'm saying is, Jesus says, I put you on a hill to shine. And so what I'm saying, if you're not a servant, then you are a very dim, low-watted light. Would you say that Josie Ames in the movie, was she in darkness? What she needed more than anything was somebody to come and share the light in her life and help her see herself the way Jesus saw her, sees her. We weren't created to take up space, to become excess baggage, you know, just to breathe some of the air for a while and then be gone, to make money, accumulate more. We were created by God for service. Ephesians 2.10 said, It is God Himself who has made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. Long ago, He planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. That last phrase, notice, spend these lives in helping others. I'm not talking about servanthood so you'll, you'll go work down in the nursery, so that you'll do some stuff around the church. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a life of service where 24 hours a day, you are known as someone who serves other people. Where your life brings light to a situation because you're willing to do whatever it takes to meet someone's needs. That is not normal. It's not natural. It's supernatural. And that's why when you see somebody like that or when you are a person who serves like that, it's not going to be long before somebody says, you're one of those followers of Christ, aren't you? Because they can't explain it any other way. Now, my question is, who are you being light for? I'm not talking about one hour a month, one month a year where you serve. I'm talking about who are you being light for on a daily basis? Where you work, in your neighborhood, maybe, you know, we said family. That was the first one we said, we treat like dirt. Who in your family do you need to be a light for? Now, in, in this movie, we're going to see one more clip. And um, Sammy, her teenage son, has run away. He finally finds out when he's a teenager that he's, he's the result of a rape. Doesn't know who his dad is and he's feeling pretty messed up. And you'll see Josie Ames sitting on the stairs of her house crying because she doesn't know where he is and she doesn't know if he's coming home. Watch what happens. Oh, good. Shift changed. That means Drew should be home any moment. After I was here all day cooking, you know, typical man. Hey, Drew. You want to see what I finished? Check it out. Aren't you going to say something about it? Karen, go to bed. I'll wake you when he comes back.
I didn't want you, Sammy. Something about it happened to me, and I just wanted it to be over. But every day my belly grew, and it just reminded me of it. It never even occurred to me that there was a baby in there. That you weren't there. The day what that man did to me made me into something different. And I guess... I guess I thought it. It said something about who you were, too. I was a girl who was raped, and you were this thing. You just kept reminding me of it. the day you were born. I didn't want any more secrets between us. This one night, I was lying in bed, and you moved inside me, like this tiny little butterfly just fluttering around in there. And all of a sudden, I realized, oh, I just knew. I knew you weren't his. You were mine. You were my baby. And we were going to be in it together. Just the two of us. You had nothing to do with that ugliness, you hear me? And nothing in this world that wouldn't do to be your mom. What we fail to realize is that hurting people are everywhere. And probably what they need is not our condemnation. They need our encouragement. So that's what we're trying to do. Now... In order for you to uh, get your dessert today, I want you to take your registration cards. And I want you to fill out the registration cards. While they're doing that, the ladies are going to come. And we're giving you some dirt. Not the one that Drew coughed in. We, this is fresh stuff. Made just yesterday. Question. Third point. We're not there yet. That's why you don't have it. You're listening, though. Good. Fill out your registration card. And they're passing out little things of dirt. It's good dirt. <laughs> Here's several people saying, no way. <laughs> I promise we didn't cough in this one. These are fresh. Now, when you finish filling out the registration card, I want you to turn over on the back. <coughs> and this is just for me. At the back of our... Um, our worship center, there's a place, there's two baskets. The smaller basket is our joy basket where our members give every week. Um, we give so that we can do these services. They're free gifts for guests. We don't ever ask our guests to give money. 
What we do ask our guests to do, though, is in the other basket, if you'll turn in this registration card, we'll have a record for you. By the way, would you put on there what visit this is for you? If if, If this is your first, second or third visit, if you're more than that, just put, you know, whatever, leave it blank. But if it's your first, second or third visit, because we've started recently giving gifts to our first time guests. So if you put that on there, you get a gift or second time gift a guest, you get a gift in the mail. Um, So just let us know about that on the back. Here's what I want you to do. One is I am so far from God, I wouldn't know his voice if I heard it. Ten is we are tight. I would like you to put a number between one to ten where you feel you are in relation to God right now. You feel close to God, you're closer to a ten. You feel way away from God, you're closer to a one. Now, we're to point number three. Everyone is slightly irregular. Look at your neighbor and say, don't call them that. You say, I'm slightly irregular. All right, you say that to your neighbor. Y'all didn't like that. You were looking, y'all were wanting to tell somebody else they were irregular. No, this is, I'm slightly irregular. Look at what Romans 3.10 says. Scripture leaves no doubt about it. There's nobody living right, not even one. So the Bible makes it real clear. We're all sinners. You got one sin, you're just as guilty of sin as somebody who has a hundred sins. Nobody's perfect. You have faults and so do I. And the amazing thing is when we admit that, when we admit that we have problems, we actually become more likable than we, when we pretend we don't have any problems. We pretend we've got it all together. People see through that real quickly, especially if they get close to you. When I allow you to be you and you allow me to be me, we can have a deep friendship. And we've got to get to that point because everybody is slightly irregular and everybody needs encouragement. I want to read something to you from from a book by John Ortberg called Everybody's Normal Till You Get to Know Them. (laughs) In certain stores, you will find a section of merchandise available at greatly reduced prices. The tip off is a particular tag you will see on all the items in that area. Each tag carries the same words as is. There you go. Everybody's been asking about that. This is a euphemistic way of saying these are damaged goods. Sometimes they're called slightly irregular. The store is issuing you fair warning. This is the department of something's gone wrong. You're going to find a flaw here, a stain that won't come out, a zipper that won't zip, a button that won't butt. There will be a problem. These items are not normal. We're not going to tell you where the flaw is. You have to look for it. But we know it's there. So when you find it, And you will find it. Don't come whining and sniveling to us because there is a fundamental rule when dealing with merchandise in this corner of the store. No returns, no refunds, no exchanges. If you are looking for perfection, you walk down the wrong aisle. You've received fair warning. If you want this item, there is only one way to obtain it. You must take it as is. He goes on to say, when you deal with human beings, you have come to the as is corner of the universe. Think for a moment about someone in your life. Maybe that person you know best, love most. That person is slightly irregular. That person comes with a little tag. There's a flaw here, a streak of deception, a cruel tongue, a passive spirit, an out-of-control temper. I'm not going to tell you where it is, but it's there. So when you find it, and you will find it, don't be surprised. If you want to enter a relationship with this model, there is only one way, as is. So as we finish today, I want to ask, 
If you have ever been treated like dirt, I'd like for you to stand. Is that everybody? Or do we need to wait until... I know, I saw Nathan didn't want to stand, but everybody else did, so... Because where I was going next was if you've ever treated anybody like dirt. I didn't think I'd really have to go that far to, to get everybody to stand. We wear these stickers today just to remind us that we're all screw-ups. And we're not perfect, but we follow one who is. And we want this church to be known, New Life Community Church, to be known as a place that is a safe place, a refuge for those who are the underdogs, those who feel like they've been treated like dirt. And I need your help to spread the word that that's what we want to be. Let's pray together and be dismissed.